You are listening to Aldrin Sampia on SAFM, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. It is 20 minutes now before 4 o'clock. We're in conversation with Trenton Elsley, who is an executive director at Labor Research Service. The Labor Appeals Court has interdicted essential service workers from taking part in Nehao's strike. The court order delivered earlier today also interdicts other agencies like SASA and SIU who are now considering joining Nehao's strike against uh, doing so. To explain what this means for essential service workers in general, we are now joined by Trenton Elsley. Trenton, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. I was wondering also that why would this matter even end up in court um, if we know what the labor law says when it comes to workers who have been um, designated as essential service workers? That's a good question, Eldrin. Hi, and hi to everyone out there. Um, Look, I mean, the question we have to ask ourselves is how do we think about the strike? And I think the one way is to view it narrowly as a wage dispute. Um, So there, you know, if that's your view, then how is going to argue that government's 4% offer is really um, being dressed up and that effectively it's only 0.5% or half percent offer because of the structure of the offer, which includes a cash gratuity, a one-sort cash gratuity. So it doesn't actually get added to the salary and wouldn't come into effect next year. So now how will make offers like uh, arguments like that? Um, then there's inflation, which is always a reference point. Inflation, you know, I think we're 6.9% at the moment. If we look inside inflation, we see bigger numbers. Food inflation is pushing 14%. Transport inflation is at 11, peaked at 25, middle of last year, 25%. Similar with public transport. Administered prices hit 19%, middle of last year, currently at 7.5%. So all of these things put pressure on households. Um, And then, of course, fairly important to understand that the state as employer reneged on the last year of the last agreement, which is something that's been dragged into the current impasse, Mm. of course. So that's, you know, a narrow view as a wage dispute. And why hasn't it been resolved? Well, I mean, we could talk at length about that. You might say that the strike is a failure of negotiation, but, you know, the nature of negotiation is that there must be a possibility of failure as much as we would like people not to fail in those efforts. Um, But then I'd like to just introduce the idea of looking at this through a little bit of a broader lens. And there, you know, we're talking about issues that have been raised for a number of years, unfilled posts in the public sector. So we're talking about public sector resourcing and management, unfilled posts, uh, under-resourcing, poor management. Uh, Last I checked by international comparison, the SA public sector is in fact not bloated, which is a term that's thrown around very often in some quarters. And this, of course, has an effect, you know, on working conditions for those in the public sector and also for those in the public trying to access those services. Mm-hmm. Then, no, that's why you can go in. You know, stay with me. So, status employer, sure. as an important point, has refused to conclude, as I understand it, have been the main ones refusing to conclude a minimum level services agreement. And I think they've preferred to rely on narrow legal judgments of essential services in the moment, you know, when a strike happens. And effectively, you are relying on a public need for public services and and for a negative public sentiment towards unions when a strike plays out. And Mm -hmm. I think that is an abrogation of their duty to settle this before the time. This has been dragging on, if I'm not mistaken, for two decades. And you have to ask yourself, why isn't that being resolved? 
Is this now you're speaking about the minimum service level agreement? Correct. Sure. Um, then <laughs> now I'm asking myself, what would the reason be behind behind something like that? Um, and if we speak about a minimum service level agreement, would this be something comparable to when we speak about basic education, the minimum standards that are there, which we see also the state failing uh, to meet some of the criteria and the deadlines there? Well, as I understand it, Aldrin, it wouldn't be about like performance. It mm. would essentially operationalize the essential services part of legislation and give it details. And say, look, under the circumstances of a, uh, you know, a union exercising its, its you know, constitutional right to strike, these are in fact the the operations within what what we deem essential services. These are the people that must stay on duty and may not abandon their posts, and the union may not encourage or force them to abandon their posts. So it would bring detail to what is otherwise a fairly broad strokes piece of loop. Mm-hmm. Then there is um, on the court judgment um, order number two. I just want to read it out quickly, um, and I want to know whether this applies to non-essential workers as well. Um, the strike action, picket, or any other form of industrial action by Nehau, its members, and employees employed at Sasa SIU as well as the SANBI, which commenced on the sixth of March, twenty twenty-three, is interdicted with immediate effect. And Nehau and all such employees are restrained and prevented from continuing with or participating in any such strike, picket, and any other form of industrial action. So does this mean that um, for for people who work for Sasa, the SIU, who are not um, under who are not defined as essential services under section sixty one, subsection one D, does that mean that they too cannot strike? It's a great question and I'm gonna have to claim ignorance on this. I am not a lawyer by trade. Um, it does read quite broadly, I'll give mm. you that. Um, but you'll have to ask someone um, better qualified to interpret the, that law. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what do you see this court action meaning then for, in general this is now, for the way negotiations are currently going? Well, you know, I mean, if, if this is in fact in play and the strike has been, I mean, I've heard conflicting things. I've heard the judgment is reserved. So, you know, I don't know if this is, operational right now, I mean, it would seem to suggest that Nahawi would have to pull back um, employees and members and have to encourage them to go back to work. That is not the rhetoric I've been hearing. Um, Nahawi put out a statement to the effect that despite the interdict, the strike is still legal. So there's some mixed messaging there. Mm. Um, But, I mean, clearly we have quite an adversarial you know, situation. They've not been able to resolve it now. We've got issues that haven't been resolved in the past that are very much in play, the deviling efforts to settle it. Um, I, you know, it's hard to know. Now it doesn't look like it's backing down immediately. It may have to follow the law. It may have yeah. to follow the judgment, but that won't mean the end of it. There's always a way of expressing your discontent and trying to force some kind of leverage at the bargaining table. Just a you know, the status employer mm-hmm. is doing, using all the tools in its arsenal. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, Trenton Elsley is an executive director at Labor Research Service. 0614-104-107. Your tweet at Aldrin St. Pierre. And our studio line is 86 000